You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Smith. Today, joining me is Patricia Caputo and Raven Freeman. How are you both doing? I'm good. I'm good, Jaden. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. All right, we're going to get right into business to talk about some LSU baseball. LSU won the weekend series against Kentucky, taking two out of three games on Thursday and Saturday. LSU's Office of Talent was really on display throughout this entire series. So what did you two take away from it, starting with you, Patricia? It was, it was quite impressive because these were gritty games that this LSU team had to get through. This wasn't something that was easy. Number 12 Kentucky was coming into this game, and LSU could have used it as an opportunity to say, hey, we're number one, it's okay. But Kentucky put up a huge fight, and especially that game one where LSU really took it away. They won by in the, the eighth inning, so they were able to wrap that up early. And then the next two games, Kentucky put up a fight. So that's why you needed that offense there. You needed those weapons to be able to prove that they can come back and they can win this game, or both games, rather, against Kentucky. Right, I agree. Kentucky being ranked, I mean, being ranked top 15, this team knew how hard this series would be, but they came out and they did their job. I mean, freshman Jared Jones was able to hit two home runs last Thursday, and also Bryce Collins pitched 2.1 scoreless innings. I mean, those stats alone say so much about the depth and talent of this offense. Yeah, I agree with you both, you know, and especially going back to what Patricia said, you know, them really just getting it going in the first game alone, it's always good to set the tone, you know, especially being the number one team. It's good to let teams know right away that, you know, you're not here for fun, you're here to play baseball, and we're going to show you guys why we're the number one team. So in Thursday's game in particular, LSU hit two grand slams that really just blew the game out of the water for them. And uh, what do you think it means when a team can just explode like that in a matter of one hit? I mean, plays like this just prove how talented this team is. I know we say this every single week, but it just doesn't get old. Yeah. Grand slams are rare, and to hit two in one game is really unheard, unheard of. This team never stops playing at their best, no matter the circumstances. In almost every game this season, this LSU baseball team has had some type of star play, and that just shows why this team is ranked number one. What is most notable here is who hit those grand slams, Jordan Thompson and Braden Jobert. It wasn't Trey Morgan. It wasn't Tommy White. It wasn't right. Dylan Cruz, the top mm -hmm. players on this team. Right. It was two guys who a lot of people last season had questions around. Can Are they going to be able to play this season? How well is Jordan Thompson going to be able to play? I mean, you think about last season, and a lot of people were calling for Thompson to be benched, to, hey, do you just got to give up on the kid. And Jay Johnson, whose birthday it is today, just wanted to let everyone know, we're <laughs> filming on Thursday, April 20th. Happy birthday to Jay Johnson. He said, I don't want to give up on him. He saw something in him. And part of that is maybe he doesn't always have the greatest batting average, but he, when he's able to come up in big moments like that, it's very important. And it's crucial for this team when there's just so many weapons, and then you have someone like Jordan Thompson who might be overlooked come up in a big moment. Yeah, I agree with both of you, you know, and especially what Raven said. It seems like we talk about this every time we talk about the baseball team, how mm -hmm. good they are and how deep they are. And I saw, uh, you know, Dylan Cruz's first at-bat, they intentionally walked him, you know, and I don't – I can't remember how many times that I've seen that, you know, and it's going to be hard for your star player to make plays when teams are intentionally walking him. So it definitely means a lot when guys who don't get as much shine – you know, and as much stardom, they can, you know, step up to the occasion and make plays like that. And most notably, Jaden, they did that when the game was tied 6-6. Yeah. And they intentionally walked Dylan Cruz to load the bases, and then Tommy White came up. And you think about that, you go, okay, 
So we don't have to worry about Dylan Cruz, but that's he's so powerful that they'd rather go up against Tommy White, who right now leads LSU in RBIs, than Dylan Cruz because they just know what he's capable of. Exactly. You know, I wonder if that's why he leads the team in RBIs, probably because they intentionally walk Dylan so much. Yeah, and I think it's the way that the, the, this lineup has set up because you have Trey Morgan, you have Dylan Cruz, you have guys who are getting on base, and then you have Tommy exactly. White come up, and it's like, right. okay, now let me just get a quick single or something like that and bring home Trey Morgan or Dylan Cruz. Exactly. So with the win against Kentucky, LSU improved to 9-5 and five in SEC Conference play. Speaking of which, here's what head coach Joey Johnson had to say about the SEC Conference. It's like something I've never even seen. I mean, the SEC has always been the best league, but I can't imagine it being better than this right now. I think uh, I just was looking at the RPI last night, and we have 13 of the 14 teams are in the top 50, and 14 is number 60. That's a quarter of the teams, I think. Um, in the top 60 so so you hear jay johnson you know talk about how good the sec conference of baseball is so i have to ask both of you do you think the sec being so good has anything to do with lsu's success this season oh of course like playing in one of the hardest conferences will for sure humble teams that's why teams in other conferences often struggle against playing in the playing in the sec no matter the sport really lsu baseball dominating the sec really shows how talented this team is Especially, yes, LSU being ranked number one is quite impressive. Mm -hmm. You look at who they've gone against. They've gone against Kentucky. They've gone against Arkansas. These weren't easy wins that you can just slip by. Right. And also, you look at who won the World Series last season. It was a team like Ole Miss and Mississippi State just a few years ago. The SEC is not a football, just a football conference, rather. Right. You have to look at it, and you have to say there are very good teams in baseball right now. Even a team like Vanderbilt, they've had some tough losses this season, but I would not count them out just right. yet. It's still you have to be aware of the SEC and also, you have to be aware of some things like the Sun Belt Conference. We'll talk about that a little bit as there was a midweek game this season and LSU defeat or was defeated by rather the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Yeah, I'm sure Eight. Andre wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> Eight to five, ULL defeated them. Andre was not. He told me he could not get any sleep on Tuesday because <laughs> Twitter really distracted him. He said his head was spinning. That was Andre's Super Bowl. And he had ranted about it on the <laughs> Sunday show. He apparently was in the office on Tuesday saying, oh, LSU is going to seven run rule them. This is going to be great. <laughs> Complete opposite. Yeah. And it really goes to show that you can't take any game for granted. Midweek right. games. OK, Tyler Viso, I brought this up so many times. Former sports director says that midweek games only matter if you win them. Yeah. So apparently this game doesn't matter. But in my head, I do look at LSU and I say, this is a good learning moment for them. They've struggled right. with a lot of injuries. They didn't have come off their best game. And what are you going to be able to take from this? That, yes, right. you want to focus on SEC games, but th that's not all. You want to win those midweek games. So yeah. you can say, yeah, I won my Super Bowl for Louisiana <laughs> and all the stuff like that. And this is what Jay Johnson had to say about the injuries and how that's been a little difficult for this team as of late. To, to that yeah, point, it's the I belief in the next person, no matter what situation we get in, whoever comes in that situation next, that person believes in them, and it's just passing the torch on to the next guy. I think we've done a really good job of that, and the support from each other is there. We just got to keep going with it. So hearing what Jay Johnson has to say about injuries, you know, it makes me tie back to what Patricia just said, you know, and you really can't get comfortable. You can't take any breaks because... You know, with them being the number one team, you know, in the country, I have to use, you know, Angel Reese's words here, you know, they are the hunted, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote. So every team is going to want to beat them mm -hmm. that much more just because of, you know, that purple and gold, you know, and what that means to wear that. So it definitely means something. And I apologize. That was Bryce Collins that said that, not Jay Johnson, but oh, Bryce Collins, pitcher 
for LSU did say that, and that was one of the big struggles uh, as of late. Moving right along, talk about some NBA playoffs. You know, I'm sure everybody's Twitter feeds are on fire right now <laughs> with all the drama that's been going on. Drama. So as usual, the playoffs have been very action-packed, very entertaining, you know, and they've brought lots of storylines, you know. So I have to ask, first off, you know, what team has impressed you all most thus far? The Lakers have impressed me the most. I'm a <laughs> Lakers fan. I love the Lakers. The series is tied one and one, and as they play the Grizzlies, I've seen, like, this fight I haven't seen all season. Mm -hmm. LeBron can't do it all on his own, and I think the team is starting to realize that. And them actually making it to the playoffs, I think, is giving them this newfound confidence. I love the Lakers, but based on how they played this season, especially early on, I believe they got lucky getting into the playoffs. I honestly thought the series right now will be 2-0, and but they are putting up a fight. Also, John Morant is out for the next two games, I believe, with a right-hand injury. So not to sound evil or like right. a terrible <laughs> person, but hopefully the Lakers yeah, use If that, you're a Lakers fan, you're happy yeah, to hear to that. that it, to their advantage. To keep it in California, the Kings, I mean, they've been quite impressive. If you look at the Warriors, even though they haven't had the best season, they do have some of the best players. They have championships on their team, and a lot of the times it's easy to say the Warriors are a different team in the playoffs, and that's one of the reasons why the Lakers are able to compete the way they do because they have someone like LeBron James who's right. experienced, who's been there, who's done that, and the Warriors have plenty of those guys, guys who have won together for so many years. It doesn't matter. I believe this is the first time the Kings have been to the playoffs since what, is it 2006? 2006. Yeah. 2006. Wow. So it just what they've been able to do, what they've done for the city of Sacramento. They were like, we're back after game one. And then for them to go ahead and win game two, they have game three tonight. It's quite impressive what they've been able to do and just the pressure. And I think that's so important when you have a team like the Kings. It's There is no pressure right now. The pressure's off. You haven't won anything. Technically, you could be like, not that you're not supposed to be here, but you haven't been here in so long that people are just appreciating the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have to agree with Patricia. You know, I was kind of on the fence about Boston, but, I mean, they're playing the Hawks, and that series is just so boring. I mean, it's <laughs> they're not even putting it on national television. They might as well simulate it. No, I couldn't watch it at all anywhere. I was so disappointed. Yeah, it's on NBA TV, mm -hmm. so <laughs> if you have League Pass, you can watch it, but nobody's paying for League Pass, yeah. so they can watch <laughs> a team get beat by 30. <laughs> I have to agree. I think the, King, the Kings have also impressed me the most uh, throughout the playoffs so far, and more specifically because of them doing this against not only the defending champions, but the Warriors just in them who they are themselves. You know, it's, it's you're going against Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you know, Draymond Green. Those are three, well, two for sure Hall of Famers, you know, and one French Hall of Famer, you know. So it's easy. So, you know, you've never been here and definitely haven't been here in over a decade and a half. So right. it's very easy to go up against them and see that Warriors on their chest and just, you know, fold up and be scared of the moment. But, you know, I'm thoroughly impressed that, you know, game after game, they're able to rise to the occasion, you know, feed off the energy of that crowd, you know. And they are going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys, man. I mean, these games are coming down to the wire. So I haven't seen too many teams be able to beat Golden State at their own game. You know, I definitely think it helps that their coach, you know, used to be the Warriors' assistant coach. So, <laughs> you know, he got a little cheat code there. But, yeah, I've never seen a team give the Warriors this much trouble defensively and make them make shots, you know. So I think the biggest storyline throughout these playoffs so far is definitely the Kings and Warriors series, you know, to follow up with that. And with that is Draymond Green and DeMontis Sabonis' situation. Uh, Draymond Green stepped on DeMontis Sabonis' you know, sternum or stomach area after DeMontis Sabonis fell to the ground and appeared to grab his ankle. There were a lot of, you know, mixed feelings about this, mixed feelings about the result. So I have to ask, you know, what are you all thoughts on this whole situation? I was talking to my Uncle Zach about this during the game, and 
we were kind of going back and forth because I said, why would Draymond do something like that? Yeah. And he's like, he's hyping up the like he's hyping up his team. He's trying to get them ready. I understand that. I don't think uh, his leg should have been grabbed to make that clear. And according to Draymond, it happened before. It happened in game one. Uh, another player, but I forget exactly who the player was, but it had happened before. And Draymond said the refs didn't do anything about it. And this time I was going to do something about it, which is fine. But you also have to take into account that this is the playoffs. Yeah. Draymond has <laughs> been known to do this before. And it's fine if he's like, I have to step somewhere. That's what he said in the press conference. I, I'm oh. a big person. I have to fall somewhere. Whatever. <laughs> I, I do agree with what the ref said. Ac according to Draymond, the refs told him that the stomp was too hard. Mm -hmm. And I do think it was. I think that, yes, he should not have grabbed his leg. Like, valid Draymond Green. That's, that's a good excuse as to why you're going to stomp on someone. But to stomp on somebody like that in that area probably wasn't necessary. I mean... That's the part I agree with you on. Like, to stomp on him like that, like, the whole situation was just taken out of proportion. I just might be a Draymond hater. I do not like <laughs> Draymond Green. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, I don't think yada, yada, does. Whatever. Just Warriors fans. <laughs> but it's like, he's one of the reasons I don't enjoy watching the NBA like I used to. Because like Jaden said, before we start talking about the NBA, there's so much drama. Not even with Draymond, just with so many teams. It's like a reality TV show. I personally think the whole situation is stupid. Yes, it's a big deal, but I hate how the media is taking it even more out of proportion because it's just giving Draymond more attention than he already has and needs. And the only thing that I didn't like about it was after the fact when he started cursing or at least yelling at, at the, the fans. at the <laughs> Kings fans. Mm -hmm. And if you really put things in perspective, these fans have not been here in a very long time. They're probably they're excited. They're excited. They're probably paying a lot of money for those seats. Draymond, you're a millionaire. You've won a few chips. Like, why are you fighting with people who are going to go to work tomorrow and right. work <laughs> like the whole season? Like, why are you fighting with jobs? fans? Yeah. Like, like, you're bored. And I, again, like, I get why he did it because he was trying to hype up his team. And mm -hmm. if they had won, Draymond would have been, been like, a great look. Yeah. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I know exactly what this team needs, and they needed to win, and they needed someone to hype them up. Okay, well, in reality, you two exactly. <laughs> you're down 2-0 now. In reality, you're working with superstars. If Steph Curry and Klay Thompson need to be hyped up, then you have a serious problem with your yeah. team. These aren't a bunch of young guys, and Draymond's a veteran, and you're trying to come on and, well, I'm just trying to teach them how the playoffs are. They've been here. They've done exactly. that. They, they, you don't need to be hyped up against a Sacramento Kings team who is unexperienced. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, initially seeing the replay, I completely thought Sabonis was in the wrong because – I didn't. I hadn't seen Draymond just step on him yet, mm -hmm. so I'm like, "Oh man, he grabbed his leg. Like, what's the big deal about mm -hmm. call a flagrant on Sabonis and get it over with?" And then they showed the replay, and they I saw him step on him, and I mean, literally go out of his way to step on somebody, and then try to play it off by jumping in the air and just acting <laughs> bamboozled. But I definitely think all of that could have been avoided if Sabonis hadn't grabbed his leg right. to begin with. I so agree. that was the first mistake. I felt like. I feel like Sabonis should have gotten a flagrant one just because in every other scenario, when a player is ejected from a game in a situation like that, both players are at least dealt with, and not with a technical foul because a technical foul doesn't really mean anything unless you pick up another technical foul. So I think he should have at least been given a flagrant one just to make it fair because, like you said, you know he shouldn't have stepped on his stomach like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. I don't care if the ref saw it the first game or not. You just, you're not supposed to do that. So... As a result of his actions, Green was suspended for one game. Do you all think the suspension was appropriate, you know, considering what's at stake in these playoffs, especially now them being down 2-0? I mean, I think it's appropriate, one, because I don't like the Warriors, and two, because, you know, we just explained this whole situation. You don't step on someone's chest like that. 
I think he should be suspended until the Warriors' next series starts <laughs> if they make it that far. Wow. Oh, okay. I think his consequence was underestimated, and the situation is definitely not something he's going to learn from or feel guilty about either. So it's like... No, I see, I know that if I did that, I would feel guilty. Yeah. And again, I know that he's hyping up a crowd. He's saying, well, this is just the game. It's competitive. But in my opinion, that's not part of the game. But I actually don't think he should have been suspended. I do think that Sabonis was in the wrong, too, that he had grabbed his leg. And Draymond Green did hit him like or stomp on him. Right. Probably not the best decision. Yeah. And I think kicking him out of that game was enough with that flagrant, too, calling it a day to suspend him again. I don't know. I just don't really. It's not like Sabonis is hurt. It's not like he broke a rib. I believe he's okay. Everything came back negative. And this is kind of something that, as crazy as it is now, and I know we're talking about it, this is also something in 20 years when they make that Warriors documentary. That would be crazy if that's not in there. Because this is something where it's almost like you think of the last dance. And there was weird, like crazy stuff you laugh yeah. at now. Right. That you're just like, wow, that's dirty. That's yeah. nasty. I mean, you look at the Detroit Pistons so many years ago yeah. and how rough and raw they were and how they played dirty. That was kind of what Draymond Green did. Yeah, I kind of agree with Patricia. I didn't think he should have been suspended because, like you said, I felt like the flagrant two was enough. You know, him being thrown out of the game, that's enough punishment as it is. But I felt like when the league came out and said, no, what went into account of us suspending him was his past history of doing things like this, it made all the mm -hmm. sense because, I mean, I get it. You, you, At some point you have to, you know, I don't want to say punish, but you have to make him acknowledge that, no, what he's doing is wrong. And right. what he's doing is just he's just going to have to miss a game. You know, that is just mm -hmm. a consequence of what happens. He's done this numerous times. He got suspended a game in the finals because he tried to be dirty with LeBron. So, <laughs> right. That's where I'm coming from. I think right. that's why I want him to be suspended for longer, because he's not learning from his yeah. actions like. That's why I think he's just never going to learn. I until don't think he will. Yeah. That's no, if he hasn't learned right. in all this, if, if pretty much, I don't want to say blowing, but if jeopardizing your team's chance to cap off mm -hmm. a 73 win season was not enough for you to say, I need to chill out, I don't think anything will be. Right. And again, I get that you want to be competitive. I get that you want to be able to be the, the hype man. And if you look at Draymond Green's stats, like if that was Steph Curry doing that, you'd say, okay, this is a problem because we can't lose a player like this. I don't know if the Warriors are really going to be affected with Draymond. Is he effective on the court? Sure, but not as effective of a guy like Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry. Yeah. Right. And, again, I understand why he tries to do it, but at the same time, you're trying there, – there's something bigger here. You're trying to get to the next round of the yeah. playoffs, and you should be wanting to be there to support your team. And even though you want to say this is your playing style, that's not what the game is about. Yeah. In my opinion, if you want to go out there and you want to trash talk and you want to hype your team up, you win a game. Yeah. That, that's how you get to trash talk all you want. Again, I'll bring it back to LSU women's basketball. No one can say anything about them because they won the whole thing. Yeah. There was no one there to beat them. Yeah. And the Warriors should be doing the same thing. Draymond, be on the court and beat the Kings. And then you can talk. Then you can stomp then on you people. Can talk. Yeah. But you, you got can, suspended yeah. last playoffs mm -hmm. in yeah. the Grizzlies series. Right. So, so that's what I mean. If you, like, stomp on their home turf, okay? Stomp on the Sac Sacramento Kings logo, something like that. You don't need to stomp on players because you really do have to play and be there for your team. Exactly. So another big storyline throughout these playoffs have been injuries to star players. John Morant re-aggravated his hand injury in game one of the Lakers-Grizzlies series. Uh, he sustained the injury a couple weeks ago, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered a lower back contusion in the first half of Game 1 and would miss the remainder of the game and Game 2. So I have to ask, how much do these injuries affect the outcome of these series, and how do you think their teams will fare? If the Miami Heat had just played Game 1 against the Bucks, I would have said horribly. You know, Giannis got hurt in that game. The Heat won. I even think that 
Jimmy Butler went to a Morgan Wallen concert in Milwaukee after they won. And that's just really funny because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to go beat the Bucks and then I'm going to go to a concert. But then you look at game two and the Bucks, they didn't crush the Heat, but they had a pretty good lead against them. And yeah, they were up like 30. Exactly. They won 138 to 102. And Giannis didn't play in that game. So if you look at all that, it's like, wow, these injuries really do have an impact. I think John Morant has an impact, but these teams are also winning. So it's not like that's what, in my opinion, makes it a team so great when you are able to win without your star. Yeah, I didn't even mention, you know, the Heat's Tyler Hero. He's out Mm -hmm. with a broken right hand, you know, and I saw Reggie Miller said um, Tyler Hero is a bigger loss to the Heat than Giannis would be to the Bucks. you know. And I feel like that's a little bit of a hot take, but I feel like – it's kind of true, just because I've seen the Bucks play without Giannis. I saw them going like a 15-game win streak this season without their MVP candidate. So clearly they've shown that they can win games without their best player, and especially against an eight seed. And the reason I agree with that is because if Jimmy Butler had the talent that Kawhi had, I don't think it would be a problem. Right. Not to say that Jimmy Butler isn't talented, but he's not the biggest guy. He's not like the best player right now in the M- NBA in terms of just – pure talent like yeah. Kawhi is that Paul George isn't there okay no problem we'll go out there and we'll win a game where Jimmy Butler now you lose your best one of your best players on the team and you have to go out there and a lot of it is just like you're having the confidence like going out there and having the mentality of it yeah. but if that was like Kawhi Leonard I think this be a very different story in this series right speaking of Kawhi he was ruled out of game three against the Suns yes. because he sprained his right knee I mean these teams are making it worth work losing these key players but like I said teams like the Lakers I just hope they really use this to their advantage I mean it's a huge disadvantage losing a key player in the playoffs because everyone is playing at their best but hey unexpected injuries happen and hopefully the teams who have hit this unexpected wall figure it out keep the playoffs entertaining yeah I think Kawhi being healthy was the Clippers only chance because Mm -hmm. you know they're going to be without Paul George this entire series and I just don't see them outlasting the Suns with, you know, Book and KD and, you know, even DeAndre Ayton when he decides he wants to play basketball. So <laughs> the Suns are going to be a hard team to beat if Kawhi is not playing basketball. Moving right along, yesterday the Grizzlies defeated the Lakers 103-93, to and Dylan Brooks had a lot to get off his chest after the game. When asked about LeBron, Brooks said, I don't care, he's old. Went on to say, I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they give me 40. So... What are you guys' thoughts on his words? Do not do that to LeBron. You <laughs> want to do it to someone else, fine. But are you really going to say that? I mean, this man, he is 40 years old? Mm-hmm. 38. 38, okay. Yeah. So he's 38 years old. Was he not putting up about 40 points nearly every other game this he's season? six, seven 40-point games. So, I mean, yeah. this is one of the greatest players of all time. You don't just magically get into the debate whether who's <laughs> better, LeBron or Jordan. This has been years of hard work. And, again, you've been there before. Look, again, that's something you say when you win the series because I think this is going to fuel LeBron. If anything, yes, this should yeah. fuel, fuel the yes. Lakers team. I mean, was he not clapping in Bron's face? Like, he was – and I'm fine. Again, I don't mind. that. That's clean play. That's how the playoffs should go. Andre was loving it. I think he sent it to everyone here. He was like, did you see this, Patricia? This is so great. And it is great. But, yeah. again, are you really going to say that? Because that, if you said something like that to Michael Jordan, it would be over before it even started. Yeah. That's why Isaiah Thomas, to this day, still can't stand Michael Jordan <laughs> because he always got beat by him because yeah. Jordan would be like, okay, I'm going to go out there and beat you. You don't need to talk when you're good. So I would I would be a little yeah. nervous. <laughs> I mean, I agree with everything Trish said. All I have to say is he fueled LeBron's fire, and LeBron is going to show you that he can play ball mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I shared that on my story 
And I just said, man, he just says all the wrong <laughs> stuff, man. All the and wrong stuff. Really just the entire Memphis Grizzlies team. You know, LeBron is notorious for when he hits the playoffs, he just has another gear that he just turns on. And I saw a reporter ask John Morant, you know, what do you think about, you know, how LeBron is so different in the playoffs? And this guy had the nerve to say, oh, man, I don't see anything different at all, man. He's the same player. I'm just like, why in the world would you give – LeBron James James. on a team with Anthony Davis and all those weapons that they went and reloaded and got uh, at the trade deadline. Those guys don't need any more fuel to get their car going. Like, that's only going to make them want to beat you that much more. I didn't really have a problem with what Dylan Brooks said just because at this point, that's just who he is, and I've just come to accept it. And it's just kind of funny at this point. But, I mean, he didn't have anything to say when they lost game one. That's that's Like Mm -hmm. you said, that's the only thing I have a problem with. You know, you can't just talk – when you're winning, you know. And I saw some stats. I think Braun is shooting like 60% when he's guarding by Dylan Brooks. So <laughs> I don't really know what bear he's poking. But, again, I mean, it's he had 12 points, and he shot 4 of 12 from the field. So kudos to him, I guess. Uh, game three will take place in Los Angeles on Saturday. Uh, Lakers look to go up 2-1. Uh, if you're a Lakers fan, you're hoping John Morant's hand is a little bit swollen still. That's <laughs> right. for Raven. Uh what are you guys' predictions for the rest of this playoffs? Who you guys got advancing? Like winning it all? To th- yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think and I hope the Lakers win it all. I mean, I think Braun is running out of time. Yeah. I know he's going to stay in the league to play with his son, Brawny, for a season or two. But he said in an interview, he did, he said, going into the playoffs, not expecting to make it there. We made it this far. And if we're going to win it all, this is the season. I feel like this season, I don't feel like it's anyone's game. I mean – I, won't, I say the Lakers will win. They're going to win. I hope they win. But, like, the Suns are, like, in the back of my mind. They're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But it's opportunity for them to win. They've made it this far, and I didn't think they would. And I'm a Lakers fan, so I hope and think <laughs> the Lakers will win it all. I think Brown's won enough. I no. don't think this is the Lakers' year. But this is his last. I feel like this is, like, his yeah, last opportunity. I do. More. Like, I feel he like because it. it's his he's last won. opportunity. LeBron. And Kobe. Are LeBron's got to get. He's, he has to get another Kobe. Kobe he, they won the year Kobe died. Yeah, but it's like. Yeah, that was Kobe. three years ago. Though, right? <laughs> it's, it's Kobe died and three years people still don't <laughs> respect that. People still call it the Mickey Mouse ring. Nobody. Well, I'm, I, I'm not going to say nobody. I think that was actually one of the hardest to win. I don't think ever, but I'm saying just because in the terms you couldn't see your family. You were trapped in this Disney bubble. Yeah. You right. couldn't even go to Disney. It was it was so weird. You couldn't get a Domino's pizza without being fined or suspended. Yeah. Understand the times and everything, but that has a horrible mental effect. And then you you go in there and you win it all. I think that was great. Look, the Lakers have had their time. I just don't think right now this team is good enough to go in there and beat a team maybe like the Sixers, beat a team like the Celtics. I just don't see it happening if they even get that far. And first, you got to win this series, and true. then you also talk about the Kings. It, I would realistically right now would say the Kings have a pretty good chance of winning this series. Depends what happens in Golden State tonight. But I think if they win this game, okay, you can wrap this up now. They really might have it. Now you lose Draymond. Tensions are so high. So I would say the Kings are going to take it away. Depending on Jot, possibly the Lakers could get there. Now with all the talking and stuff, LeBron's going to be that different person. So I could say maybe the Lakers might take away this series. The Suns, because of Kawhi, I don't see the Suns getting all the way there though and i know this is that's like crazy hot take but the clippers did get a game against them and the suns have so many weapons and the fact that the clippers didn't have paul george and Kawhi was able to go in there and still beat them a little eerie on that one and then again i don't think the 76ers will have any problem defeating the nets and then of course the celtics they're going to wrap that up i would say quite easy with the hawks hopefully (laughs) because i'm tired of even thinking about that series 
Uh, as far as the East goes, I feel like it's going to come down between the Celtics and the Bucks, just because those are the most well-rounded teams, I feel like, just in the league in general. And they're deep. They can shoot. They can defend. They can do everything across the board that you need to do to contend for a championship. As far as the West goes, I feel like it's up for grabs. I feel like Phoenix, like you said, they have so many offensive weapons. Their only thing is they don't have any depth. And I do not trust Chris Paul in the playoffs just because he's continuously shown that he just he can't get it done. That I'm is sorry. true. Uh, as far as the Lakers go, again, I don't know if they've had enough time to build enough chemistry to be contending for a championship, but they do have the best record in the league since the All-Star break. So I do think that stands for something. Uh, as far as Sacramento, I think if they can get past Golden State first, I do think people have to start looking at them as true contenders to at least get to the finals, let alone win it. Uh, that being said, I do think the finals is going to be won by the East this year just because the West is so up for grabs and the East is just so clear-cut on who the better teams are. So, uh, yeah, I think it will come down to Boston and Milwaukee when it's all said and done. That being said, that is all we have for you today. Joining me has been Raven Freeman, Patricia Caputo, and this has been the Hodges Huddle Podcast.